What's going on, family? It's your brother Martinez here, host of Macchiato's Music and Descriptions podcast. Listen, if you are looking for a Bible study, if you're looking for the Word of God to be taught on a level of your comprehension, then Macchiato's Music and Descriptions podcast is the podcast for you, okay? So what I'm doing is I'm taking practical lessons, I'm taking world events, and just different things that are just going on, and we're going to look at them through the lens of scripture because we want to see what God has to say about any and every situation and circumstance of our life. Not only am I teaching the word, but I came up with a creative way that I am teaching the word of God over gospel, R&B, and hip hop infused instrumental. But it's all for good conversation. So grab you something warm to drink, get your notepad out, whether it's on your iPad or your phone, whatever you take notes on, and let's get ready to dive into the Word of God. Make sure you subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also email me at podcasting at mmsmedia.org, or you can follow me on social media at mbills314. And remember the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, latter verse, let God be true. And every man be a liar. Welcome to another episode of the And I Am Podcast. I am your host. This is your coach, Ann Billingsley. So greetings, 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 everyone. We are so elated today. We have the Greens. And let me be the first one to introduce them. I know them as Ray and Leandra Green. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here. So today we are going to take you all down a journey of marriage, marriage, which is a very sensitive topic. This first question, we want to jump in. We're going to have questions on today and we want to know who is Ray and Leandra Green? So, um, <laughs> well, we are just a couple that that God has uh, put together back uh, about 24 years ago um, where I met her at church of course I was there um, my assignment was to play the drums that was my assignment but um, some type of way I, I digressed and I came across her and um, we met and I asked her for a piece of gum. That was my opening line. That was his opening line. <laughs> my opening line. So I asked for a piece of gum and that was the doorway into a conversation. And after that, we, I don't know, we just had a, a relationship from then on out. We were, we dated for a few years and then we married in 2001. And here we are today. Yeah, we had a son in the middle of all that too. We did. Yeah, he was sandwiched. So I think in he there. played a little bit more than the drums. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had we had a son. Yeah, we um, yeah we were doing things um, that adults you know, occasionally do. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we did that and had a son, and um, we decided to continue the relationship with uh, with our son in 2001 when we got married. Yes. Yes. I agree. So that's pretty much the backdrop of the green. So high school sweethearts. And it's abbreviated version. But abbreviated yeah. version. Yes. Well, amazing story. And the next question is, how long have you been married? We just celebrated 20, 20 years. years. 20 years of marriage. Does it feel like 20 years? 
Well, it feels like time has definitely uh, flown by very yeah, fast. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like twenty years. It feels mm-hmm. like, I guess, because it hasn't been. Of course, we've had a, some valleys, um, but I can say our good days. I, I have outweighed our bad days. So for that reason, it doesn't feel like twenty years. 20 when you think about twenty years, it doesn't feel like oh my god, twenty years. Well, congratulations on 20 years. Thank you. You all celebrated with a vow renewal. Yes. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes. Um, And also, I wanted to go ahead and add this in. As we all know, many of us come from a bloodline where the curses were generational curses or passed through. Um, Can you name a time where you had to overcome, renounce, and or break through some generational curses or negative learned behavior? behaviors to to create a bloodline legacy together well since we're going to talk about the truth about marriage um i can honestly say um just coming into marriage uh oftentimes we have a false perception of what marriage is it really entails and i can say too that um our upbringing and what we are exposed to um is what we ultimately bring into this union. Mm-hmm. And so um, me growing up, um, a lot of the things I was exposed to, the communication that I saw even in my own personal household, you know, and how my mother, you know, communicated with my dad sometimes was unhealthy. And I found myself emulating that same behavior with my husband. And um, it put um, a strain on my marriage, you know, because I was just perpetuating what I had already been exposed to. And so that was a bloodline curse that I initially did not know was a bloodline curse until many years into my marriage. I mean, many, many years. We've been married for 20 years. I mean, I would honestly say um, probably halfway into the marriage, maybe even a little bit over more than halfway into my marriage, I got to a place where I realized this is not normal. This is not uh, acceptable. Um, and it did, it, it, you should not be in a position where you, um, you know, um, take away from the manlyhood of your spouse or cause them to feel less than. Um, and so I had to be intentional in breaking that curse and how I handled him, how I communicated with him, how I intentionally interacted with him, even when I was angry with him, you know, controlling my emotions. And that's still something I am intentional about every day, a process of daily breaking that cycle, um, because I believe that whatever you don't address It can grow and perpetuate in your life, you know. But once you identify that problem, you have to address that. So for me, just being very transparent, um, that was something um, that I had to, that was for me, that was a bloodline curse. Wow. um, That I had to be intentionally to break in my, in my, with my marriage and to God be the glory um, because I identified it. I believe that that's why we are still standing by the grace of God today. Amen. Um, that is, that's very deep. 
Because even in this question, it says generational curses or negative learned behavior. That can be something where I can see where the generational curse is broken, but now you have to unlearn the behavior. Exactly. You have to be intentional about how you respond. Exactly. You know, things that come up, you have to, even if you respond, uh, if you see anything from the past, then you have to go back and redo it. Exactly. So I do, I, I love that response because not only do you have to break through the generational curse of it, but now you have to unlearn the negative learned behavior. Yeah. So that is very, very, um, that's very powerful. Amen. Um, Ray? I think when I came when I came into the marriage, one of the things that I told my wife was one of the things that I wanted to break was the the, the uh, generational curse of uh, divorce in our family. And so when I said that, of course, at the time, I had no idea what that was going to look like in terms of uh, what what storm will you have to face to maintain your sanity, to maintain um what you believe God to uh, to put together and what you've built over the years I had no idea what that was going to look like I had no idea what the tests and the trials that we may face never knew any of that I just knew that I love number one that I love God enough and number two I believe that what the good that I extracted from the environment that I was surrounded by, I believed that that at that time, I believed that that was enough um, for me to to have a healthy marriage. OK, even though some of the things that I seen um, were dysfunction, you know, but I just felt like with God and, and, and you know, uh, my my experiences, um, I knew, for example, I knew that uh, even though uh, absolutely love my dad today, um, but one of the things that I made sure of when we had our son, um, I made sure that I was there. Um, I made sure that I was there like every step of the way. I made sure that I think one of my goals, one of my goals even today is to make sure uh Starting off growing up, I made sure one of my goals were for my kids to make sure that everything that I did not receive as a child, I wanted to make sure that they had that. Amen. Okay, so I need if I need if that meant me working extra hard to make sure that they had it. I just wanted to make sure that they did not have or I can shield them as much as possible from from the environment that I grew up around. Not to say that it was cantankerous and it was just just all types of chaos. I'm saying it's in terms of. Uh, fatherhood for the most part I wanted to make sure that he had had something different you know something much better amen now that's powerful now that the, both the answers is definitely ways and, and things that you have to endure to break the generational curse and one thing I want the listeners to know that these things don't come easy there's a lot of death to self that has to take place, a lot of flesh that has to die daily. Um, would you say you have to implement fasting? I know it's a lot of prayer oh, yeah. that takes place, but fasting. Oh, yeah. And if you can, just give a few uh, tips to the listeners on how that you had to, how did you know when it was broken? For me, um, you know, I wrote my first two books. Um, but I had to go through a process. It was almost like God was detoxing me of ridding me of all of the things that I did not know was in me as a woman, 
as a wife and as a mother and even as a daughter. And that process was very rigorous, very hard um, because I didn't know that I was as broken as I was from a lot of the childhood trauma that I had been exposed to. And I didn't know that it had such an effect on my union. Um, and so, you know, God put me on <laughs> the fast. He put me on. I thought I was going to die. I was like, what are you trying to do to me? God, like, you're trying to kill me. But he was trying to kill me. Wow. He was trying to kill my thinking process. He was trying to kill my logic. He was trying to kill how I process pain, how I process problems. And he was wanting to reconfigure me as an individual so that I could speak from a more healed place and stay there because sometimes we are healed, but we can't, we don't, we, we, we don't walk that full process out because we, that, that, that true healing that takes time to take place. Mm -hmm. We don't go all the way through it because we don't stick to the fasting because God, when God put me on a 90 day fast for 90 days and I was, I was, I literally was angry with God walking down my hallway many days, stumping down on the floor because he was saying at midnight, I want you to get up every night at midnight. Sometimes I would go to bed at 10 o'clock at night and I would, my alarm clock would go off at 1150 and say, it's time to go to pray. You know? And I'm like, well, I, you know, my body was tired, but God was breaking me. And, um, ultimately that fasting and praying, broke me so that I can become who I am on today as a wife. Um, and I'm appreciative now of it. <laughs> I was appreciative of it then, I'm sure. And my husband even says, you know, you know, I'm not who I used to be, which he's the true judge. You know, you know who you are. You know what God has done, but your spouse can evaluate you and know who you were and know where you come from, you know, and then don't stop growing. You know, I'm not I'm not there yet just because God has done something great. We still are work in progress. Amen. Amen. Now, that's amazing. I like how you said um, you told God or you trying to kill me and he was trying to kill you, the old you. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was so important um, for the listeners to hear. So another question that I have is I ask this question for those of who are waiting to be married. So this question is, um, you spoke about knowing who you are. Do you believe that um, before you get married, you should know who you are? If not, what are some of the things that you believe um, would be hard on a marriage once you get married and you don't know who you are? I do believe you should have some idea of who you are. Um, the reality is you may not know the totality of who you are. I mean, because we are learning every day. But in regards to just having at least a glimpse is important. And also your partner having a glimpse is important as well because um, the spirit of competition can easily come in if they don't know one day you may be great. They don't know one day people will glean from you. They don't know one day that, you know, you may, you know, be somebody that people will love and they may not be able to deal with that. So I think it's important that you should have some idea of where you're going in life. And two, that helps to define the direction of your marriage, um, because when there's no true clarity in regards to where you're going, <laughs> it leads to confusion. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> the house is chaotic. You know, you sit down. I think I want to be a doctor. No, I want to be a lawyer. No, I want to be an astronaut. No, we need to know where are we going? There needs to be a sense of direction. It has to be. Amen. I do agree with that. 
Amen, amen. So I can remember a time uh, when I first got married, me knowing who I was, and I was always known to be nice. I was known to be kind and giving and all that. But I did hear someone say before in a message that I was listening to, um, you don't know all that's in you until you get married. (laughs) So when I responded in the way that I've never responded to someone before, I was like, oh my God, that was in me. It was so much frustration of going through different things that I didn't allow to that I didn't handle in my singlehood. So with saying that, that's another question that we have here, um, just for the singles, because we have married, we have singles, we have divorced, and we have just many different listeners on today. Um, and those, we also have people that do not desire marriage. I think that's a, another topic that, um, you know, we have to have in the future because we do tend to speak to singles, married, divorced, but we don't want to forget about those who don't desire to be married, but they need to um, cultivate their marriage with God. So I think that's important too uh, as well. But today we are speaking on the truth about marriage and uh, we are just excited to have you all here. Those were all great and powerful answers. Um, I want to hit on this topic that I have right before me and it's the false altars that, that should be torn down. Um, And with that, I say the imagination that we set up in our singlehood or as little girls, because as women, we're very imaginative. Mm -hmm. You know, we love the princesses. We love when we were watching Disney, everyone wanted to be married Um, or Cinderella, where Mm -hmm. the gentleman finds the shoe and come at you and try to find you at midnight and you're not there. We look for these things inside of a, a, a marriage. So what are some things that we can even talk to and just expound on with the singles that they should tear down all these false imaginations and just the altars and things that we um, that singles tend to put up. And when they get into marriage, they notice that after the wedding, after you take the dress off, those who desire to have a wedding, after you take the dress off, after uh, you get from the honeymoon, it gets really real. Marriage is real. So we do want to go ahead and, and encourage the singles on today and just talk about the things that should be torn down. Um, Not just mentally, but also spiritually. And another topic we want to get on today is also physically Mm. as well. Mm. From um, I have here credit from I mean, just anything that you think that the singles need to hear on today for the truth about marriage. Well, I mean, I think there's so many things going into marriage that a lot of women think marriage is going to be. Um, um, and that's, I had the same concept, um, with my marriage. I felt like, um, my marriage was personally, I, emotionally, I was broken and didn't know going in. So I, I don't even, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I thought this until I, it it was revealed to me later on years into my marriage. I felt like, um, my marriage was going to fix all of my problems, all of the things I had suppressed for many, many years, not even realizing that I was still broken from being molested and raped and the rejection and all those things that happened to me as a young girl that were unresolved. You know, I feel like I'm good. You know, I'm a wife now. You know, I'm good. You know, I got a good man and I'm good. Not knowing like, man, listen, that stuff was still present. Like it was real. And 
after the white dress and all, you know, the honeymoon and all that good stuff, it's like those things crept in slowly but surely. And it didn't show up as the rape. It didn't show up as the molestation. It didn't show up as the rejection. It showed up in other forms, you know, you know, with, you know, he would say things to me. And they were triggers, you know, and I'm like, I would respond in another way. He wouldn't understand why I was responding. I didn't even know I was responding from the pain of the past. Wow. Um, but I feel that it's important that we deal with those unresolved issues. And I am an advocate for counseling. I believe that going to get you some counseling is so important prior to marriage. Getting you sitting down with your own personal <laughs> sessions and detoxing. And, and even if you think you're good, there's nothing wrong with just getting some extra feedback on where right. you are in life. Awesome. Right. So just to add to that, um, I definitely think it's important to have premarital counseling. One of the reasons I would say is because um, you have two individuals that's coming from two different, completely, completely different backgrounds. Um, you may have some things where you may sh uh, share similarities, certain values and things like that, but um, your, your outlook and perception on marriage is gonna be pretty much based around what you've seen. And if you've been exposed whatever you've been exposed to, it may not have been um, a healthy picture of what marriage looks like. So if you go to counseling, premarital counseling, some of the things, some of the things that you may have seen, you know, that you may think is okay, that you may think is, uh, is normal, you know, that, that counselor may be able to, to, to expose that or to bring that to the surface. So that way, you know, we can, if, if we can hit it on the front end, that's something that potentially we, we may not have to deal with later on in marriage. So for example, if we, if we would have had, um, I think we can't even remember if we, um, had premarital. I think we had a couple sessions, but it was yeah. with family. And I, I think that's a no, no as well. Yeah. You know, my dad was our pastor. So go outside and get you some other help. <laughs> Somebody that's yeah. non-biased. Yeah, so... I agree. So, uh, so anyway, so my point is, is that, you know, when you sit down, you know, you can... The, the hope is, like, in our case, if we had somebody, like, for the different struggles that I may have had, if somebody would have told me that, hey, um, this is not the idea of a man or of manlyhood, you know, based on what I've seen, then I probably wouldn't have portrayed that uh, or displayed that in my marriage, you know, which, you know, again, it's, it's all based on what I see. So if nobody tells me that I'm wrong, I'm going to think that it's normal and it's okay. You know, so anyway, so the point is, is to, to I think premarital counseling, absolutely important, absolutely uh, a necessity. And uh, it can also give you a picture of what, what to expect in marriage. I mean, because that's what people need to know. You know, what, what can I expect? coming in for the first time even though I, I i may have seen dysfunction is this is certain things certain parts of this what i've seen is that should i expect that should i expect more you know I, I may have seen healthy marriages i may have seen unhealthy marriages but what what is the expectation and so i think that somebody who somebody who's coming in you have a, a counselor that can give uh, uh, just a, a clear, round picture of, of what it looks like. And that I think that can help both couples to grow together. Man, awesome. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I want to go back to what your question was as well. Um, one of the perceptions that women, and I'm speaking to a woman, um, have as well 
that getting married, you know, we all get the free pass. We can have as much sex as we want all day, every day. You know, it's on and popping. I've heard so many. I'm a. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go where I'm going in just a second. I've heard women say, you know, um, girl, you know, I need to find out. You know what he working with before I get married because I ain't got time. Get married is bad Test or whatnot. The Test the waters. You know all these these <laughs> questions and uncertainties and so forth. And so, um, as a single woman, I'm sure that that's something that you know you deal with. But I believe if you trust God, God would never lead you astray. Now going further into the sex piece with marriage. For me, going into marriage, I come from a background that was so broken that I utilized my body thinking that sex was like um, my way to um, fix all my problems, Mm -hmm. suppress all my problems. So when I got married to a man that that wasn't something that he was worried about, he didn't come from a background like Sex was like, okay, if I get it, I'm good. If I don't, I don't. And so when he would tell me, I don't care about not having sex with you you know that ain't a big deal to me you know like I'm a that's not gonna change we gotta fix this problem Mm. that broke me cause I'm like that's all I got (laughs) that's how I felt that's all I had but I didn't know that that's not really all I had but it was an eye opener for me to say like whoa you really got some serious issues because if this is all you bring to the table and he telling you that this ain't working what what else do you have to give to oh him? God. So if women go into marriage with the perception that sex is going to be the antidote to fix the problem, you know, that is not going to fix your problem. You have to have more than sex coming into your marriage because that's going to that's going eventually wear itself out and you need something else so I I encourage women coming as single women to really ask God to heal them from all of those things from the past and then too to give them you know strategic ways even when you do face issues in your marriage to help fix those problems in your marriage instead of just utilizing your body as a means to fix your problem amen amen I I do agree with that that is so powerful um, because I've talked to many single women and they would say that I have my house I have my car I have my savings account all I need now is a man um, usually they wanted to a man to be added on just to ple- for the pleasures of the flesh no purpose they had no real identity they had no uh, desire no yearning to fulfill the things on earth you know um, the god given assignment on earth so that is so so important and so powerful that you brought up the fact that you can go into the, a marriage thinking that, hey, I got this. This is what I'll use it. Um, would you think that that is a form of control? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Wouldn't you say so, babe? Yeah. Control, which can turn into uh, manipulation. Manipulation. And you'll always use this as a, you can use that as a, um, what I'm seeing here is just uh, where you put the bait out there. If they don't catch you, you can pull it back. If they don't do what you say, you can pull it back. Yeah. Uh, Ray, would you say that you had anything like that going into marriage where you had to work on? um, Well, you didn't know you had to work on it, but it's something that God revealed to you later that was not as healthy as you thought it was. Um. Yeah. So. Of course, you know, you come into marriage, like I said, you you thinking that, you know, going in, 
that everything is normal everything is is you know you think that you're okay but um it's not until you all come together and realize that okay hey we we have some things that we have to work on and so um you know specifically and i'm probably thinking going ahead of myself here but um I'm just gonna go here. Um, I know one of one of my personal struggles uh, that I dealt with was pornography, and uh, that was that was something that uh, it was it was a challenge to deal with. Um, initially, we from the ministry that we came from, uh, initially, well, initially before before we heard what we heard over the pulpit we thought that this was okay we thought that this was normal um we thought that this was just something that we used to to enhance um where we were and so um we discovered later that you know that wasn't healthy and so um but the thing was i decided to continue to do it over over the years and i seen how that began to take a toll on my marriage and uh part of the problem is you you know it's not good when you're doing it in secret you know it's one thing if both of you all are engaged and you know you're you're together but uh with us it for me personally it was a lot in secret and you know uh god had to deal with me very heavily and um these this is one of the things that literally uh almost cost me my marriage you know but uh so that's one of the things that that i personally had to deal with that i that i had realized um after so long that it's it's not healthy and i didn't realize how much damage that it could cause because it causes a lot of damage it can cause a lot of damage if you know uh if not checked uh, if not managed, and I'm not just gonna say managed. I mean, it just it is something that you just absolutely, in my personal opinion, with my experience, is absolutely something that you do not want to engage in. Amen. Amen. Very powerful. And I, I believe a lot of listeners uh, needed to hear that because a lot of people deal with that. But they sometimes, as you said, because you're married, you, you married and you think that that's an enhancement. A lot of people will manipulate that um, that act. So would you say it's something that you should be delivered from that takes a process of deliverance? I definitely think it's a process. I believe that you, and I'm just going to speak from my personal experience. I mean, you have to be completely intentional about uh, about abstaining from that. I mean, you know, if you if you have to go to uh, counseling, you know, wh- whatever it is that you have to do. But in my my personal opinion. That's that's something that I personally had to do because it wasn't it would it was it was something that I couldn't fight on my own. Okay. And it was it was so strong. It's like once you get into it, you're looking for that that dopamine hit. And the more you engage in it, the more you're seeking a higher high after you continue to do it so long. So the traditional uh, things that you may be engaged in that may work for so long 
And then after a while, that'll get boring and then you'll start getting off into to other things, you know. So I'm saying it was it was something that that it was a struggle and I had to fight through it. But uh, it took it took a lot for me to get to a point to where I said this is this is it. So now I take more extreme measures uh, for myself personally. So that way I don't. Uh, I have to set my own boundaries. Okay. So for me personally, that would mean, uh, which may be extreme to some, but you know, we, we, we talk about this, uh, in our book, but, uh, one of the things that I do is I personally do not, I, I do not, I have a Facebook account, but I do not engage in Facebook. So I'll get on and I'm just using Facebook for example, but I get on for something specific that I'm looking for, like, uh, mainly for news reports, but besides that, I'm not scrolling through feeds because I know me and it, that's, you know, uh, again, I just have to set certain boundaries for myself. So that's what I do. Amen. Boundaries and borders. That is so important. How boundaries, um, you know, it sets a level of respect, self-respect, not only for yourself, but for someone else, because I can see how the topic Um, that we're on, I can see how that can play a part with uh, damaging a marriage, damaging a marriage and also causing, um, as I did my research on this topic, it was seen to say that the woman will have questions about not being enough. Exactly. Um, It it can hit your esteem, your self-esteem, your self-image. It's like, why aren't I enough? Would you agree with that? Have you ever had any feelings of wholeheartedly wholeheartedly it definitely makes you question you it also makes you question why you (laughs) makes you wonder wonder like what about you what's wrong with you all those thought processes all those thoughts run through your mind you know and those you know are you not good enough you know and then you you those are questions you pose to your spouse and they're trying to convince you you are good enough you know it's nothing wrong with you and then you're like well if there's nothing wrong with you then why would you keep indulging you know in this behavior so um yeah that that was a reality for me that was definitely a reality for me that we had to battle um which led to other things but by all means that's definitely something we went through Amen. Well, so while we're on this topic, we want to go ahead and talk about your new book. You have a new book out. If you all can tell us the title, not only the title, we want to also talk about where we can find this book because the things that you're saying are so powerful. I know that a lot of marriages will be not only saved, but I can see the marriages growing as well. The book is The Truth the after effects of pornography and infidelity in a marriage his view her view and God's view amen amen so we want to go ahead and expound more on this book and you don't have to give it all we want we want the people to invest in their selves invest in their marriage get this book even if you're single and you're waiting to be married um, if you're in a state where you don't know if you want to be married anymore get this book 
here and we'll go ahead and let them expound on it. Um, it's a real life documentary of ourselves, about ourselves, that will move you to a heart-wrenching tears as we peel back the perfectly poised persona and convey the painstaking transparency of how we both allow the enemy to use the attempt to destroy what, what was a divine union, our marriage. And also, which I think is a very important part of our book, we talk about how um, the childhood trauma that was left unchecked in our lives slowly chipped away at the foundation of our marriage, which really almost caused us to end up in divorce. So I think that's really critical when we talk about um our story because even though we ended up dealing with pornography and infidelity it it began well before we got to that place it was a lot of unchecked childhood trauma if we had dealt with a lot of that childhood trauma um, my husband comes from a home and I'll let him talk about his upbringing but as I said early on in the conversation, I had a lot of dealt with, I was exposed to a lot of dysfunctionalism with communication. Um, and so with that being said, I, how I handled my spouse, communicated with him, you know, how I, I didn't build him up. I tore him down. I did not make him feel like the man of the leader of the home um, because of what I was exposed to those things. I believe were the foundation of how our marriage started, which I believe was the leeway into those things, infidelity and um, pornography. So it's, it's, it's a very complex story um, because the pornography, of course, um, which I take full responsibility for the infidelity piece, um, but the pornography was really the doorway that led to the infidelity. Um, and as you said earlier, the infidelity, well, as you said, the women, the woman kind of feels sometimes, you know, like, what, why, why am I going through this? So for me, I think for me, that was kind of what led me down that path. Um, it was a, it was the doorway, I should say, but I made a choice to do what I did. But ultimately I had to trust God to restore my marriage. And so my husband kind of speak to what he, his part of the process, but it was, it, it was very, our story is very serious. Wow. But we stand in by the grace of God. So, yeah, I think uh, for me personally, I think that, and I'm, I'm learning now that what I seen earlier on in my marriage was, no, I'm sorry, what I seen in my household, which um, my parents were divorced when I was around 12 or something like that. And um, my dad ended up leaving around, I think around seven. Um, so, I did not. I did not have a picture of what, like I said, of what not a not a healthy picture of what marriage looked like. But I also think that I suffered from. Um, I suffered indirectly from what I what I'm learning now is still a ma still a, a form of um, dysfunction in the sense that communication um, it, it it deeply impacted what I seen earlier on in my childhood deeply impacted how I communicate with my wife, where I was the person who was more, um, I was the person who was more laid back, who wasn't bothered by a whole lot. I didn't see, um, I didn't see arguments when I was a kid. I did not see, obviously as kids, we were, you know, cousins, things like that. We, we have disagreements amongst ourselves, but as far as the adults, those are things that I never seen. I never seen how, when there's conflict, how does that look? 
you know, how is it being resolved or people in each other's faces pointing fingers at each other? You know, what does that look like? So I'd never seen any of that. So as I living in my marriage, you know, going through my marriage, I didn't know. I thought that it was okay, you know, to sometimes just, you know, if there was an issue that came up, sometimes I would just, just to try to avoid conflict, I would just take a back seat and, you know, say, hey, it is what it is. And then not only that, but that was coupled with the other part of the dysfunction was when I did get married, I seen, um, I seen my wife's parents and I seen how they interacted and I thought that based on, you know, when when I hear my father-in-law say uh, that he would take the low roll, I thought that that was OK. So I'm taking on I'm taking on new dysfunction. That I didn't even realize was dysfunction at the time, because at the time at times that he may have been taking the low roll, that might not have been a time just to take the low roll. Maybe that was a time to actually say something. So, you know, uh, again, I'm thinking that these things that I'm absorbing are normal. So I bring all of that, my background, plus what, you know, the person that I'm looking up to, because I knew I trusted in him. I believed him. I believed all of that. Obviously, he's not perfect. But, you know, these are things that I'm, I'm looking at as a young man being married. I'm thinking that all of this because I never seen a healthy marriage. So this is the first real picture that I'm seeing of a healthy marriage. So I'm thinking that these things are normal. Um, so I'm acting these things out. But even going to what my wife is saying about the book, I think that that all of this, a lot of these things played a role uh, as well with even my background um, and even getting into the pornography, you know, I think that a lot of these things played played a role uh, in why I was even there in the first place. And a lot of these things, like I said, I'm, I'm learning now because I'm, I'm going back and I'm uh, researching and things like that, trying to figure out what is the root of all these things. Why do you? Why? Why? How did it get here? Okay, so I go back and start digging and try to figure out. Okay, what is it? It's something that started somewhere. So, so anyway, so that's kind of my perspective on that that's good I like the way that you said not only did you deal with that but you went to find the root cause of it the root cause because I believe Leandra you said um, about how you can go through a process of deliverance but it can rot that thing can try to rise back up so you have to go through the full process and what I hear the both of you saying um, with many different topics we have here what I can hear is you have to not only deal with the surface of it but you have to dig deep and get to the root cause of it mm -hmm. you have to get to the root cause of what it can what can be the strain on your marriage and after 20 years um, I mean that's just amazing after 20 years I think you all have made it to a place where you can speak just like an advocate for marriage Thank where you Jesus. can speak so profoundly and um, I believe that God has put the anointing on you that when you do speak marriages will begin to mend yeah. marriage will begin to not only mend but I just keep seeing that it can grow where people are stuck in their marriage I hear a lot of people say they fell out of love that to me makes me think that they were not growing to get to learn and to love that new person, that new being of that man or that woman. So, um, uh, Ray, you spoke of communication. I think that's very important in a marriage. Um, I would like Leandra to expound on that. How important is healthy communication in a marriage? Oh, it's 
very important. Um, it's just, I think communication is probably one of the top things um, that's needed to have a healthy marriage. If you don't learn how to effectively communicate with your spouse, um, you won't have a marriage. Um, you all speak different languages because you come from two different backgrounds. However, you have to find a common um, language that brings you all together, um, meaning that somebody got to die. Both of y'all really got to die. I mean, you Amen. have to give up your fight to be right. Um, and then that respect factor is very key in marriage. You have to be willing to honor and respect your spouse, even when you don't agree. There's moments where we disagree, you know, but we have to, we find it like, okay, well, we don't agree, but we'll dis, we'll agree to disagree. Um, we don't have to have a yelling match. We don't have to have a screaming or a fighting or a throwing boxes and shoes and <laughs> turn up the house good. and acting a fool. Skates. Yeah, skates and all being above, you know, we don't have to do any of those crazy, dramatic things to, you know, bring our point across. Um, But again, as I said early on, it's something that you intentionally work on in your marriage. Um, There are moments still, at least 20 years in, you know, where we... You know, we'll may just have to take a break and walk away. Like, we just can't talk about it no more. We'll just talk about it later. You know, but when it becomes a mode of disrespecting your spouse, that's something we try our very best not to do because I don't want to break his heart. You know, I think I got to a point where I had become numb. My husband is such a strong man that I forgot that he had emotions. Mm, that's good. And I think moments when I realize how frail he is still because he's still a man he's still human I'm like oh my god he's still human you know and I think I had become so disconnected because I was so engulfed in my own emotions for many years that I didn't even realize that he hurts like I hurt I was so worried about me 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 my heart my emotions my feelings that I didn't even realize hey he's bleeding in moments too and so um that's important in marriage your spouse just because he's a man he hurts just like you you know you have to take a step back and stop being selfish and thinking it's all about you and their heart bleeds and hurts they may not articulate the pain like women do but they 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 will speak it even without saying i'm hurting they will say it in another language you know and we were just talking about how just listening i'm working on now being a better listener he's a great listener i'm not a good listener i want to talk that's that's me I'm 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 a speaker minister teacher so i talk you know he listens and so now i'm just i've been working on being intentional about listening i remember the other day he was talking and um he was like okay i'm gonna let you go ahead and go i think you're busy you're doing something i was like no i'm just listening i said remember we working on listening he's like well i mean this is not the time to be listening like that (laughs) he's a he's a Does being funny, <laughs> but you know what? Um, that that was that was great because I actually I wasn't expecting that. I'm like, wow, she is that is that really her just listening or is she just distracted? I, I didn't know what to think. Oh, but um, one one strategy that I use, uh, and we're we're talking about communication. So one strategy that I'll use, uh, me personally. I remember, um, and this is still, so I always tell my wife, I, I, I personally, um, and, and I could probably speak for we too, but specifically I'm going to speak for myself. I am always going to be a student 
always no matter what area of life because in my mind i'm always learning okay and i'm always willing to learn so i always come into whatever environment i don't care what it is whatever i feel like i'm the best at doesn't matter i'm still going to come into that environment as a student because i'm always willing to learn now i'm saying that to say this so with with regard to communication, one of the things that I do now, um, and again, this thing is, is steadily being polished and I'm going to I'm going to get it perfect one day. I'm going to get it perfect, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm much better than what I used to be. And so one of those things are uh, so what I do now, if she comes to me and, and, and we talk about this, we've talked about this in one of our uh, our lessons uh, with uh the five love languages and we dealt with communication so one of the things that we talk about is is uh the tone that's set whenever you bring something to your spouse so obviously you're you are whoever brings whatever the conflict is or whatever the subject matter is whoever brings it okay you're you're setting the tone for the direction that this is gonna that it can go in okay Mm -hmm. so if she comes to me one to ten, if she comes to me at a five, I have to make a choice whether or not to continue this conversation on that level because I know all we can we don't have much headroom before we get to ten. Okay, so at, if you're coming in at five, what I have to do is make a conscious decision: is either a if her tone or her you know uh, whatever I notice off the top is is not good. Obviously, it's going to be difficult for me to be receptive. So I have to point that out on the front end Um, or B. I'll have to reduce myself. I should say that's not B, but I would reduce myself uh, in terms of my now my blood pressure. Everything is elevated. okay? because I'm, I'm now I'm feeling even though what she's sharing with me, she may not be trying to be disrespectful, but it's being disrespectful. I may I'm, I'm feeling that's what I'm feeling. So everything is high. I have to consciously say, bring it down. Mm-hmm. I have to con- I have to consciously bring everything down because I believe as me being the head and I, regardless of how she brings it, I have a choice and I'm responsible for my response. Right. So therefore, because I'm responsible for my, my response, I believe that if I can bring it down to a one, maybe that'll bring her down to a four. Maybe a three, maybe a two. But my goal is, is to keep this from going to 10. OK, so so I try my, I, I try my best to control me. And if I can control me, I believe that I, I can I can uh, change whatever tone was initially set in the conversation so that we that way we can have clear dialogue and healthy dialogue and we can really get down. We can attack the problem instead of attacking each other. Oh, that's awesome. Attack the problem and not attack each other. That's good. I also learned. I also heard it in a, a different aspect. Doing going through marriage coaching, and the um, coach said, "Learn how to stroke. Learn, learn how to stroke and not strike." That's good. And I thought that was very powerful. So I thank you all so much for that um, description of communication which is so 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 important we communicate in many different areas of our lives Um, at work we communicate with the kids we communicate so much out in the world that sometimes in marriage you can come together and you just feel like they should already know so um, 
I also heard someone say that your husband, your wife is not a mind reader. You have to communicate. So thank you for sharing that. Um, So I wanted to go ahead and talk about your Facebook Live. We have a Truth About Marriage Facebook Live. Also, it's, it's on YouTube, right? As well. It is, yes. YouTube as well. So um, I am one who, I'm a recipient of that uh, Facebook Live. I learned so much from it. So I want you all to just give me a brief description about the Facebook Live and where um, the listeners can find it, the dates they can find it on, and just tell what's your mission and your goal with the Facebook Live. And also, at the end of that, talk about what, we should expect what should we look forward to learning out of your book and also from the facebook live awesome awesome well um we do our facebook live the truth about marriage conversation every third tuesday of the month um so it's a conversation that we pretty much um have discussing all type of topics um right now we're dealing with the book um it's called love and respect um, and it is a powerful book. And last, the last session, our last season, we dealt with the five love languages. And so we pretty much go over the lessons and we talk about those things. And so we just kind of dig and, you know, this love and respect thing is good. She wants love. He wants respect. <laughs> Which is I love it. Real life conversation for marriages. And so and you can view us on Facebook again. Um, right now it's under Leandra Green. They can follow us on Facebook at um, the truth about marriage with Ray and Leandra Green um, on YouTube. Um, they can actually go to the truth about marriage with Ray and Leandra Green as well. And Instagram, it's the underscore truth about marriage. And then, of course, you can go to the truth about www.thetruthaboutmarriage.net um, to subscribe and just kind of stay connected with us and all that we're doing, um, even with the book that's coming out as well. Awesome. So what's the vision? What's the vision and the mission behind your um, truth about marriage facebook um lives so the vision is uh, obviously to to uh, help couples um to experience the marriage that that god sees uh and and what god desires and that's what that's that's like our total uh vision for just even even doing any of this because we believe that God has given given us the uh he's given us the experiences that we've that we've gone through in our marriage within 20 years he's given us that uh in order to give to the people initially um there were parts uh of our marriage that you know even before we got to this point in our marriage there were parts in our marriage and I'm like well you don't want to disclose this. You don't want to disclose that, or you want to be scientific about this, or you want to go with the stats and go with the data in an effort to to keep from exposing your own marriage. But the real deal is, people need to see. Uh, it needs to be tangible. People need to see. You know, what did you go through? They need to see practicality, and I believe if they see that and they can see, you know, okay, this is real life. Okay, it's not just us giving you scriptures. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. know because that's not that that's not good enough. Just I mean, scriptures. Scripture can stand on its own. Obviously, yes. People need to see the practical side behind it as well. Okay, and those are the things that we 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 look at and we do. We're doing. We're taking all of what we've experienced in an effort uh, to help all of the marriages who have even like with my generation personally. 
I know from the background that we came from, I didn't, I mean, maybe the adults, obviously they knew what was going on, but it seemed like it was just a bunch of secrets going on in the church and they didn't hardly talk about anything across the pulpit. I mean, again, obviously I was a kid, but it just seemed like that was the background. Like they, they just didn't talk about a whole lot. So the things that weren't talked about over the pulpit were actually the things that should have been talked about That's over the pulpit. Wow. Um, and I believe if they were talked about, I believe that the divorce rate in the church yeah. probably wouldn't be as high as what it is. I can't or, assure you of that. I'm but, sorry, because you're back. Or people sticking together, being married, but really still not happy. We got the face for mm. the church because that's what you really see. That's another thing we kind of talk about. And, and and that's one of the things that I seen uh, growing up yes. in, in with my grandparents. Um, God rest their souls. But that's one of the things that I seen. I love them both to death, but they stuck it out. And but they they were in two different bedrooms, you know, so it's like. Well, what's what's going on with this picture? You know, you're at, at church, you know, you, you have a face, but then at home you have a different face. And see, that's one of the things wow. that I respected so much about my in-laws is because the same people you seen at church were the same people you seen at home. You know, and those were that's that's just one of the things that's one of the things that really helped me to gravitate toward him because uh them because that's what that's what I seen, you know. So it's like what you see is what you get. I mean, they were real individuals. So, um, so anyway, so those are that that's that's the vision. That's what um, our our overall goal is. And um, as we you know go through this, you know, we're we're praying that God will continue to to, to help us to be innovative and find new ways uh, to reach His people today. You know, because we want to impact the the this generation. We want to impact yeah. um, the community in such a way where hopefully where we can bring the divorce rate uh down yeah. you know and not not just in the church but even those individuals who yeah. are outside of the church you know if if it's if it takes us in our experience to at least keep people from being divorced those who are not in the church prayerfully it will bring it, it will uh, bring them to a point to where they want to come into the kingdom that's good amen that's yeah. good Amen. Well, that is so, so, so powerful. Do you all have a scripture that defines your marriage? So one of the scriptures that we have to define our marriage is uh, a, a, a cord. A threefold a cord. A threefold cord. I'm sorry. A threefold cord is not, not easily broken. Easily broken. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So that, that obviously means uh, the bride, well, the groom. Well, let me start off. God, number one, the groom and the bride. And I think the reason why that scripture is definitive of our relationship is because we love one another, but our love is not strong enough for each other. Without wow. his love, there would be no us. Because, wow. yes, I love him. Yes, he is a phenomenal husband and he takes great care of me, even with all of the flaws. Um, I wouldn't trade him for the world. But even with all of that, God is the glue. Amen. Christ is the glue for us and that him him being the cord that is what sustained us and helped us to get to this very moment before you right now. And furthermore, I don't have I don't I don't have within myself what she needs as, as I mean I have limitations as a human being, okay? So I can't give her everything that she needs 
as as a man, as a husband. I mean, I can't not everything. I mean, because if I can give her everything, then there's no need for God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? So so there are things that 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 she needs, uh, obviously. And then even with 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 God being the center of our marriage, when we don't have it right, I need something that's going to to bring me back neutral. You know, because I may be too extreme on one end or the other. God helps bring me back to the middle and bring mm-hmm. and, and, and to help neutralize those areas where, you know, where I may be off. I may have said something wrong to her. I may not have. Uh, I may have communicated something to her that, that I did not mean to communicate. Whatever the case is, um, I believe God will help bring you back bring you back to where to that place um uh, of, of neutrality and, and and you know to a place where you can be effective even with your spouse you know so the the god is is definitely paramount i mean i i, I definitely would not be where i am today if it were not for him absolutely amen you all are hearing the truth about marriage the truth about marriage we are going inside intel of the book that they have released and we are so excited to have you all here i like to um, glean from a healthy i love to glean from a healthy marriages because i did hear you say the dysfunction that we can learn outside of our marriage as growing up that is one thing i would say that i didn't get to see a healthy marriage but now i can say this a lot of people are without excuse Hmm. there's so much resources out here now there's so many even the facebook live that you all do the youtube that you all do the book that's being produced we are without excuse if we want it we have to go get it so i um thank you all again for coming y'all thank you listeners for listening and tuning in to learn the truth about marriage i am so excited about ray and leon leandra's green new launch (laughs) this is so excited so what are some upcoming projects that you're working on of course as you hear the new book that we are releasing um is it is scary, but we are excited about it. God is amazing. Here we go. Um, this is our, I guess, our new baby, you should say. Um, and it, it's something that God has been brewing us for how long, Ray? Um, <laughs> for quite some time now, because it took a while just to to even uh, acknowledge the fact that um, that this is this is a God thing. Um, to acknowledge that you know the, the the different things as we mentioned. I mean, if we're going to talk the truth about marriage, I mean, these are the things that the people need to hear. And Amen. so, um, so yeah, so uh, we're 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 going to move forward. We have uh, the uh, a session. Um, for married couples that'll be coming up so it's actually our book release event which um yourself and your husband will actually be one of our panelists speaking and that night is called the power of love forgiveness and healing so it isn't um it's incorporated with our book release um but that night is going to be very powerful because our objective we're praying that that night does heal marriages and those that are preparing for marriage 
Um, so that is our book release event, but it's going to be specifically just for married couples and those that are engaged. So that's that's what's brewing um, for our book release. Y'all get ready, get ready. This dynamic duo is going to take the world by storm. And as you can hear that the humility that flows from the inside of them definitely is going to give God all the glory you all get to hear the intel of the story behind the glory I'm so excited about this again the title is the after effects of pornography and infidelity in a marriage his view her view and God's view I cannot wait to dig in even more so y'all this is Ray and Leander Green did you all give me your websites and everywhere that they can find you on whether it's your um, personal websites Amazon everything um, they can just go to www.thetruthaboutmarriage.net to um, connect with us and also to purchase the book as well all right all right so i hear at the end of every live you all have a slogan can you all let us know the slogan on today the slogan is fight Fight for for your your marriage marriage because because your marriage marriage is worth fighting fighting for amen amen so you all heard it first here on the and i am podcast i am your host i am your coach and billingsley today we had the pleasure to interview and to hear the intel of their new book ray and leander green thank you all again for coming thank you for having thanks us thanks for having us thank you're you so welcome much. do not forget the after effects of pornography and infidelity in a marriage his view her view and god's view if you want to hear more you have to log on to their website so that you can dig in this book oh my god i just can't wait to <laughs> <laughs> dig in even more i know that this is going to take the world by storm so again i thank you all for coming here i would like to just to say my husband and i are so grateful for you not only are they a kingdom spouse that has great influence on everyone we like to also call you all our friends so thank you thank you so much all right blessings everyone again thank you for joining the and i am podcast blessings to you and as always keep going Thank you for tuning in to A&IM Podcast.